0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast, your birth for the best stories in boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought-provoking trend discussions, as well as interviews with the most interesting characters to ply the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway, we're glad to have you aboard. I'm Dan Harding, Editor-in-Chief, today joined by my friend, colleague, Deputy Editor, the one and only Captain Bill Pike. Bill, how you doing today?
1: Good, Dan. I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, all all's well here. It's uh, we got the the boat in the driveway. A little bit of a sad. Uh, always a sad time of year, but gearing up for some projects. So we'll uh, I'll have to tell you about that later. Yeah, that'll be interesting, Dan. I'm <laughs> dying to hear what you're up to. Interesting and dying are the right words for it.
1: <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> Bill, uh, we got an interesting topic here today. We're today we're going to dive into the world of marinas and one of the reasons for this, been thinking about it, you know, we spend so many of our pages and so much of our effort talking about how the right boat affects your boating experience. How you get the right dive door will let you, you know, let the kids swim more easily, or the how the newest outboards will get you to your destination more quickly. Or a stabilizer will get you there in more comfort. And that's that's all true. You know, having the right boat for the job is is half the battle. But I feel like the overlooked thing is, you know, how important is where you keep your boat, where your home marina is.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So I think, and and starting this topic off, and no, you recently changed marinas, and and then actually ended up coming back to the marina you were keeping the boat in, and it was kind of a switcheroo that I know weighed heavily on you at times. But do you mind giving us a little background on that?
1: Sure. I had uh, kept the Betty Jane II at Sadler Point Boatyard Marina in Jacksonville for several a few years, mm-hmm. and um, but my my wife had some difficulty getting on and off the boat. Uh, the Sadler has fixed docks; they're not floating docks. So you you know at low tide you could you could be talking the boat's four foot below the finger pier, or sometimes even more. And my wife was not comfortable in making the leap of faith. Oh, and I, then I,
0: you know, I just, I just got to cut you off. I mean, those those finger piers that you were walking out to. I mean, you got to be part ballerina to get on there. Those are those, they were pretty narrow. I got to say
1: fairly narrow. Yep. Yep. yeah. What doesn't hurt to have a uh, uh, the skill of the. uh you know, the whatever they were called, the whirling wallendas, or <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Anyway, like a, so, like a rocket jumping on and off,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, the there was a marina up in uh up uh north up around uh Fernandina Beach, uh, that had floating docks. And I'd been in there as a transient a couple of times, and I thought, geez, let me see if I can get the boat in there, uh, it'd be so much easier uh for my wife to get get on and off the boat and then we also have a uh, got a golden retriever puppy mm-hmm. and uh, trying to get that puppy on the on the boat at a fixed dock at yeah. low tide is pretty much impossible so i thought this will just be uh this will be a good thing i had a lot of friends at Sadler and i felt bad about leaving right and i think you know my friends were kind of like cheese bill uh <laughs> What are yeah. you doing, man? Yeah. So, but you know, ran uh, took the boat boat up to this uh, marina with floating docks, and it uh, I don't know it. The floating dock thing was good, mm-hmm. um, but the um, I just we we had a a storm, a hurricane pass through uh, uh, earlier uh, several months ago. Uh, and I needed to get, uh, I wanted to get in touch with the people at the marina, find out, do I need to come over <sighs> there and, uh, and, uh, throw some extra lines on, you know, what, just, you know, should, should, should I get the boat hauled out? You know, get the I had lay a lay lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get a hold of them. Right. I mean, I, I left a messages, nobody called me back and I thought yeah. this is not a good situation. Right. So. I decided to move the boat back to Sadler mm-hmm. uh, and eh, it's, uh, I was really glad to be back um, quite frankly.
0: You know, I, I give you a lot of credit cause you realized pretty quickly that it wasn't the place for you and, and you, and you pivoted, you pivoted pretty fast, which I think is the important thing. This, whether you stayed in a bad situation, then, then it would have been a little bit shame on you.
1: Right. Right. I mean, a boat, uh, even my boat, it's, uh, It's a significant, uh, has a significant value, you know, a lot, a lot of money. So I, I have to, I feel like I need to protect it from an emotional standpoint and a financial one. Smart. And, and, you know, I, I would say, you know, if I call, if I call the folks at Sadler Point, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to a human being. No, no, uh, no problem. And. If by any stretch of the imagination I have to leave a voicemail, somebody's going to call me back pretty quick.
0: Right. So, Bill, I you know, I guess one of the questions we want to get in for our millions of listeners is, you know, for someone who's new to boating, perhaps, how do you go about finding the right place? I mean, what are what are some of the items on your on your checklist?
1: Well, you know, I've, God, I've, I've had I kept boats in a. A whole bunch of different marinas over the years, and I think uh, it's almost subconscious with me. But there are there are a couple of items that are very important, and that I I basically have always made made uh, used to make decisions. Um, mm-hmm. The first is what I what you might call exposure to the weather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how uh, safe wise is this marina, and this is particularly important, I think, in Florida, right. where you have, uh, you know, uh, you have, we have hurricanes every year. Right. So, and you know, you you can kind of um, use your understanding of the weather, the way the winds are going to blow during a hurricane, and and generally which way the hurricanes come from, uh, to determine is is this a safe marina? Is this a safe place? Uh, the next thing that I think about is the orientation of whatever slip I'm going to have. I mm-hmm. I have a uh, a single engine boat without a bow thruster, mm-hmm. and I prefer to have the slip on the left hand side when I'm coming in, mm-hmm. and I want to s- keep away from a situation where you where I've got a finger, uh, or I've got a dock. Uh, I've got a I'm in a corner. I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to have that slip be close to a corner because if you get a boat caught in a corner, whether it's a, a single-engine boat, a twin-engine boat, whatever, unless you got pretty good bow thruster or you've got a, a joystick, yeah. right, you can get stuck in there and do damage, and there's nothing you can do to prevent it. Good point. So the orientation of the slip is another biggie. Uh, you know, to hark back to the uh, my change of marinas, uh, a knowledgeable and cooperative staff is is important, really important. Yeah. And uh, fixed or floating docks, <laughs> it's it's funny, but the folks at Sadler have uh, they've agreed to widen the Finger Pier and put up a railing, oh, right, uh, so that it's uh, much easier. Uh, for my wife to get aboard, all I, all basically, I just time my arrival to high tide, or you know, okay. somewhere rather than low tide. Okay.
0: Now that that makes a lot of sense. The the one I feel like I agree most with you is the is the knowledge of the staff. It's it's knowledge of the staff, but also sometimes energy of the staff too. I mean, it's uh,
1: right. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I the marina I keep my boat in, in, in Essex, there's always a lot of young people working the launch and the fuel dock. And it's just a good, helpful energy that you're always happy to see these guys and and build a relationship with them. And I think that's what you've done so well at your various marinas.
1: Right. I, uh, you know, another thing that comes to mind, too, is uh, what you might. Well, just the is the marina located in a place where there are, some kind of cool destinations where you can, can you go, uh, can you, uh, go to an anchorage, you know, within a few hours that's really picturesque. Yeah. Uh, can you, can you take an overnight trip? I mean, Sadler point is pretty, it's protected, you know, you're 30 miles, 30 some miles from the coast. Right. Um, and, uh, it's protected. It's, uh, brackish water, but it's not, uh, it's really not, the water is not that salty, so you don't get that much uh, in terms of bottom fouling. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can go, you know, you can go to, I've taken the boat to St. Augustine, gone up to, you know, Jekyll Island, and, you know, there are a lot of places you can go, uh, even, um, or up the the, uh, St. John's River, gone up, you know, there's a lot of places you can go, which is, uh, uh nice.
0: Yeah. Pro- proximity to other destinations is, is so important. I know for, for a minute when we got our boat on the Connecticut river, I thought about keeping it up closer to our house in, in Portland, but then, then you were looking at a couple hours just to get to the sound and, and that just, that just wasn't going to work for us, w- which kind of leads me to the the next, I think one of the two biggest factors when choosing a Marina and, Let's talk, let's talk about cost. I mean, these, we are not in the most affordable of of pastimes and the delta between marina costs can really vary widely. How much do you let cost, how much is cost a factor in your various, you know, marinas where you've kept boats?
1: Well, you know, we, we, last night we talked about doing this uh, podcast today and I, so I started thinking about this, uh, you know, the subject of marinas. (laughs) Excellent. And coming up with, uh, you know, what were my priorities, etc. And I realized after thinking about this stuff for about 15 minutes, cost is not a, a big issue, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange when you think of it, because, yeah, yeah you know, you're talking about a few, uh, sev- sometimes several hundred dollars uh, uh, to keep uh, my boat uh, any place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand... Um, Uh, as I was saying before, even my boat, um, I mean, it's the, the value of that boat is, you know, you could buy a, a, a small house in some parts of this country for what that boat is worth. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I've got to pay an extra hundred bucks, Mm -hmm. uh, to keep the boat in a marina where, um, I feel like it's safe and secure, I don't have to worry about it. And I don't have to worry that uh, I'm going to have a big financial hit during a storm. Uh, to me, it's it's worth it. The cost is is kind of um, not that important to me.
0: Well, it's, I think I think to be fair, if the difference is only a hundred dollars, that that's pretty rare. We're usually honestly talking in the in the thousands of dollars difference between, you know, your your marina down the block and and a real kind of higher end marina but i was thinking about this also and i was thinking about the cost associated with staying somewhere just because it's the cheapest one in town and you know i've i've been uh, i've been guilty of, of doing such things especially when we had the sailboat and always you know just trying to save a few bucks and uh and there was costs associated with that when you couldn't get you couldn't get someone to help with the boat there was uh, you know, no one really able to help with some engine issues I was having, things like that. And honestly, sometimes staying at the, the the cheapest marina is a fast way to get out of the sport. If if you really don't have a good culture, if you don't have any support, if there's no marina staff there. I mean, one one bad storm and, and no one there to keep an eye on your boat, that'd be costly also.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, the $100 thing, I was thinking per month. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But yet, yeah. but you're right, Dan. I sometimes. mean
1: there's a difference in thousands of dollars yeah. there could be. But on the other hand, I mean a lot of people are buying boats these days with outboard motors. That's right. And uh, is the does the marina have a mechanic mm-hmm. on the staff that can uh, that can uh, help you with your out, outboard or outboards? That's uh, or some other engine issue? like, uh, the, uh, less expensive Marina may not have, uh, that's, authorized mechanics.
0: That's, that's the, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And that's, that's such a great analogy because, you know, if you don't have a certified tech that can work on your engines there, well then now you're getting your boat hauled and trailered, you know, how many miles down to a place that that can work on it. And that's, that's all cost. And that that's going to wipe out the, the savings you had by staying at cheap Charlie's. So uh, really good point there, Bill.
1: Right. Right.
0: The, um, the second major factor, I think when choosing the Marina is proximity and, and you're an interesting person to talk to about this, because I think you are one of the very few people that can get away with keeping your boat hours away from home, but you'll be the first to tell somebody that comes with its own set of challenges.
1: Right. I, uh, you know, it helps to be, I'm not just an enthusiast (laughs) of boats. I'm a maniac, you know, just asking about, especially my wife. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I can pull it off, but I mean, we're in the, uh, uh, process of, uh, possibly, um, selling our house and moving to a location that is much closer to the boat. Right now, it takes me two hours to get to the Betty Jane, too. Wow. And it's just it's it's such a waste of time going back (laughs) and forth like that. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of the work on the boat myself. Yeah. Uh, So um, I I would just uh, if you can find a marina that is fairly close to your home, I would heartily endorse that uh, concept.
0: Now, it's it it seems like the kind of thing that that should be obvious but but sometimes isn't you know we're we're lucky I like to think you know with the flexibility if, if a storm comes or we just had a lot of rain you know, we have we, we're surrounded by the kind of colleagues that understands like hey you know it, we just had a ton of rain last night I'm gonna go down and check the boat i'll I'll make up that time you know You're right but a lot mm-hmm. of people don't have that that luxury we are
1: uh yeah that's absolutely true
0: we're we're lucky with that one and and again I think the proximity, all of a sudden it's a, it's a beautiful Saturday. You know, And most people also don't have the kind of time we have, right? So the, the window of opportunity to use your boat is so small. If it's now, it's all of a sudden, you know, I got to drive. It's the 50 minutes down to the boat, 50 minutes back, you know, I'll just, why don't we just grill out in the backyard kind of thing. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think proximity is super important.
1: Yeah. Yep. It, uh, proximity was actually, Figured into the decision to leave the marina up north of here, mm-hmm. uh, up north of Jacksonville uh, as well. Um, it took uh, it took about two and a half to three hours to get there. So if you went to the if I went to the boat, spent to spend some time on the boat, do a little project on the boat, whatever, and wanted to come back at the same day, I'm looking at three uh, six hours on the road. Yeah, which is you know, ridiculous. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's tough. I know for me last year, I was very thankful. We're like maybe 30, 30, 35 minutes from the marina, but I was thankful that we weren't any further, especially with, with a young one and the dog sometimes, didn't happen often, but some days it just wasn't our day, you know, so we were able to throw in the towel and, uh, you know, head back home without a major, without a major ordeal. <laughs> right. So I was thankful yeah. for that. Bill, I got a question for you. The So we're seeing this huge surge in boating. I mean, thousands and thousands of new boaters. And finding a slip right now at a Choice Marina is just really difficult. I don't know. Any, any advice on, I don't know, how to jump on, do you jump on the waiting list sooner? Any advice on how to get in
1: sooner? Well, I was talking with a guy uh, the other day over at the Marina and he said, you know, it's almost impossible to find a slip in Jacksonville these days. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you are lucky to get this, you know, to get this slip back at Sadler point. And, um, I would, you know, I would advise anybody looking for a slip to get on the waiting list. Right. Uh, regardless of how many people, uh, are ahead of you. You might have, uh, I was, talking with some people up in, uh, up around Fernandina beach. And they had like 40 people on the waiting list. Um, uh, but, but anyway, so get on the waiting list and then, um, uh, show up at the Marina in person, mm-hmm. make a few contacts. Don't make a pest of yourself, sure. but kind of, you know, be nice, uh, personable, you know, get to know, you know, say hello to people, and eh, you know, every couple of months, stop in again. Hey, uh, here I am uh, just uh, wondering how 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 we're doing on the on a slip. yeah, you may have to take a slip that's too big or yeah. perhaps too small. Uh, you know, you grab you grab the slip, you you've got your foot in the door at least. And the last thing I'd say is, and this is. You know, this works anywhere, not just around boats, but just, you know, be nice. Amazing. You know, treat people Amazing. well.
0: Earth, earth um, shattering.
1: Yeah. Um Great concept. I, you know, when I left uh, Sadler Point to go up to that other marina, I did so in what I consider to be a respectful manner. Mm-hmm. I said so long to people. I just didn't disappear. And I thank people for uh, everything uh they'd done for me and my boat mm-hmm. and uh you know just just tried to be respectful of other people and i think it 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 helped out you know when i needed a slip they yeah. they had one uh in fact they got me back into the same slip <laughs> <laughs> uh that i had had before uh so uh that's uh that's really important that last point is very yeah. important.
0: <clears throat> well, it, it's funny. I'm smiling as you're saying it because it really should be just such common sense advice, but it's, you're spot on. You know, you, you, sometimes people will just send an email to a marina to get on the waiting list, but, you know, to have a face to the name, being a pleasant person, having a good reputation around the marinas really, really is so crucial. If you're a jerk, it's funny how you always seem to be stuck at the bottom of that wait list.
1: <laughs> something about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And in Florida, at least, they have a a waiting list, a haul-out list. That's right. uh, Should a storm be bearing down? Mm -hmm. And you want to get your name fairly high up on that list because as as the storm approaches, you know, you may not get your boat hauled and that could not be, you know, that might not be good.
0: Yeah. No, it's... um... That's a really good point. And also I just think because of the surge in boating and the, these long wait lists we're seeing, if you think you might want to change marinas in a few years, now is the time to start thinking about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually currently waitlisted. I told you that, uh, you know, certain events really made me want to pull the trigger on a slip at safe Harbor, Essex Island Marina. And it's somewhere I always wanted to end up. It's like a great family Marina, but, and I really want to definitely be there within the next couple of years as Connor starts running around. So i I, I pulled the trigger now. Now if I have to be back on my mooring for another year or two while I wait, not not the end of the world, but you really gotta start forward thinking now.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's the best. That's good advice, Dan.
0: Well, we, we try. So if anyone in <laughs> Safe Harbors is listening, pull <laughs> me up a couple spots would be awesome. But uh, you know, this topic of marinas really would it came it why it came up today is because my parents have left their home marina the place they kept their boat for for nearly 30 years and it's the place where essentially my my brother and i grew up on the docks in the summer and i wrote about it in the in my january column which phil if you uh if you don't mind i'm actually going to i'm gonna take a stab at reading from it
1: no i'd love to hear you actually read it dan it's be good all right all right the the audio version
0: So without without further ado, uh, this is my January logbook, Ode to a Special Marina. Nestled inside a 111-acre park on the edge of a suburban town on the south shore of Long Island, Wanto Park Marina is but a small piece of a large town-run operation. There's a huge pool with a splash pad and water slides, miles of bike trails, tennis and basketball courts, playgrounds, mini golf, ice cream trucks, barbecue stations, baseball fields, a boat ramp, and a fishing pier. Now, it's the only home port for our family boat that I can recall, and it spoiled me right out of the gate. We were closer with our neighbors on the dock than anyone on our actual block. Card games and cans of soda with the old-timers filled countless summer afternoons when my brother and I were young. Most years, our spring and summer routine was as consistent as the sunrise. On Friday evening, after my dad came home from work, we eat a quick dinner, grab our backpacks, and pile into the truck for the short drive down to the marina. We'd live on the boat and in the park until the sun began to set on Sunday. As we grew older, my brother and I were usually in a constant state of motion. We'd seamlessly shift from a dinghy ride to bike riding and swimming in a strange sugar fueled triathlon that only kids can enjoy. Now The marina was only two and a half miles from our house, but during those summers, it felt like our two homes were worlds apart. I realize now that was probably my parents' goal all along. And I have to give them a lot of credit for having the foresight to find the kind of marina three decades ago. And not because of the pool and the ball fields and the bike paths. Those things were great, don't get me wrong. But they're not what made our little marina special. What made it special was the people. The friends we made on those worn wooden docks. We used to refer to our friends on the dock as our second family. And it's only now do I realize how apt that metaphor was. Together we mourned the loss of neighbors who passed away. We celebrated weddings and births. We'd cry together and laugh until our cheeks hurt. It was a special way to grow up and I'll do my best to raise Connor in a similar environment. My parents recently retired from their long time careers and are learning how to navigate the uncharted waters ahead. But now that they moved further east on Long Island, they made the logical decision to bring the boat east with them. It's funny, but when they sold my childhood home, it's strange, but I didn't really feel any pull of nostalgia. I didn't shed a tear for long lost Christmas mornings or family parties. My in-laws live close to that house, so it's likely I'll bring Connor by one day when he's older, but I don't think I'll ever even bother the new owner for a look inside. My memories don't live there anymore. I'll likely just point out the house on our way to Wantor Park, where I'll bore him with stories from a happy childhood, a time when, back in my day, we didn't even have iPads. I'll watch him run his energy out of the playground and recharge it with some ice cream. We'll ride our bikes until he really starts complaining, and I'll hold his hand as we stroll down F. D and C docks that's where my most fondest memories live in a few years there likely won't be many people left who remember my brother and me as kids who would tear through the dockside cocktail parties with bikes or scooters shoveling mini hot dogs into our mouths as we passed I'll think of those brothers as I hold the hand of my own little ball of energy I'll visit the ghosts of friends and neighbors past as we walk to the end of the dock where I used to fish for snapper and on our way back to the car, I'll have to fight the urge to say to some stranger what I've said so many times when leaving on a Sunday. See you next weekend. That's what we got, Bill. That is the January logbook. Really. And it's it's true. What really inspired this was was a, a text from a text from my parents when they were they were leaving the marina at the park for the last time I was I was sitting here working and it was just kind of a blurry cell phone photo of oh, last time leaving the park. And I, I really got hit with some nostalgia that I did not feel when they sold our house, but power boating yeah. memories, I guess.
1: Well, you know, when you were reading that, Dan, I uh, it took me back to so many different marina situations mm. and the people that um, I I was thinking about this couple that we knew they had a they had a Nordic tug. And they were parked next door uh, next door to my Grand Banks. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that particular marina, they had um, a fishing tournament every every summer. Mm-hmm. And it was an extravaganza. <laughs> and I can remember just uh, sitting out. I guess they came over to our boat. We all sat in the cockpit mm-hmm. and watched the people go by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that was it. You know, we sat there and watched all these people, you know, that. There were, I guess, thousands of people at this tournament and they were they would go by on the docks, you know, and we would wave. And it's just, you know, just and then, you know, at Sadler Point, I've got so many. The culture is such that it is it is a kind of family type situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the culture of it is so important like you know I've got these these friends that I've made over the years at the marina where the boat is now mm-hmm. and uh, I can call them up on the phone and talk to them. I do sometimes and yeah. they tell me you know what's going on with them and um, it's uh, it's so it's so important to me, particularly I, I don't know I guess as I get older, um, I realize how important. You know, it's just, and I'll tell you that piece you just read, it brought a lot of really, I was thinking about Milford Boatworks in Milford, Mm -hmm. Connecticut, where I kept a succession of boats. And, uh, and you know, my friend Nancy that ran the Marina and Mm -hmm. just, just so many, they used to have these barbecues and stuff there sometimes and just, just wonderful, wonderful memories that, uh, that, uh, you, that piece evoked for me, Dan.
0: Oh, uh, that's, well, that's nice. I mean, just two things come to mind. One, I love that you're using the word culture because it really is that to me is the most important thing. You're looking for a marina, you need a culture that fits. I mean, a few years ago, I, I would have been happy with a marina that maybe had some younger people and and maybe a little uh, late night festivities were, were fine. But, you know, clearly as I move into another stage of life, I'm I'm really. That, that wouldn't fly. I need to be in a more of a family friendly environment or you just got to, they're just different. Right. And not one size fits all. So that's, that's really important. And then we, again, we talk about the cost of being in the right Marina. Well, these memories we're talking about, these memories that you had in Milford, the memories and the friendships you have on the, the dock at Sather Point. It's, it's corny. It's cliche, but yeah, you know, they're, they're priceless. Hard to put it hard to put a cost to that.
1: Right. There's, I guess the reason cliches are cliches is that there's often a good deal of truth in them.
0: Right, right, well said. So that, Bill, I think, I think there's some, some good advice there. I hope everyone is, is either in their dream arena, or if not, if you feel like, wow, you're missing out on these memories or the culture maybe isn't a right fit, start looking. I hope, uh, I hope it helps. I hope it helps keep you in boating a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'll
0: second that, Dan. Alright, well that's it for today Thank you for joining me, Captain Bill Always fun to talk boats and boating with you
1: Yeah, i always enjoy it, Dan Take care
0: I'll, I'll see you out there on the docks, Bill Yep Bye Thank you for listening to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating Or you can share us with your friends on social media or on the VHF Anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us Thanks again, and until next time, we'll see you on the water.